Hey guys, Barry Melody here from the Comeback Game podcast. Today I've got Calvin calls me. Calvin, how you doing, mate? Fantastic, brother. How are you? Mate, I'm outstanding. Are you in Perth today? I am, actually, yeah, for, for a change. So the, the funny thing, look, we're going to get straight into it in a moment. I just want to share with the listeners out there. Like, we have this bit of a funny occurrence thing happening. So we've kind of been on the same scene for around like seven or eight years now and just never worked for us to ever catch up. We're, we're kind of in the same industry um, and then randomly, I think it was a couple of years ago, I watched a Facebook live where you shared that you just like broken your arm or did something with your shoulder yeah. in India. And I said to my partner at the time, I was like, would it be random if we ran into Calvin? Like I've never met him face to face. And then we walked in the middle of like, where were we, Varanasi or somewhere like? Yeah, it was somewhere crazy. It was my birthday. I've got a broken collarbone and I bump into you in the middle of the street. And, in the middle of uh, everywhere in the, in the middle of the desert of India, that's where you happen to be. <laughs> And then the second time I was actually in the supermarket, um, you know, my, my partner was that time of the month and I was actually buying some supplies. And so I had like tampons and painkillers and, you know, I'm walking through the supermarket at six o'clock at night. No judgment. You get whatever you And then obviously uh, a couple of weeks ago, passed each other in uh, Denpasar Airport. So look, mate, yeah. um, Comeback Game podcast, you know, what I want to dive into now is, is looking into... Uh, you know, what have been some of the biggest adversities or challenges you've actually had in your life? Uh, yeah. Because one thing that I found is that, that often the greatest blessings and the greatest memories we have are not actually the things that it's like, oh my God, the best day of my life. Like we don't really remember those. We remember the times that we were like beaten down to a pulp, yeah. didn't know how we were going to live another day or survive and yeah. realize that those moments have become the greatest triumphs we've had. So, so, you know, off the cuff, like what's the biggest challenge or adversity you feel you've been through in your life? That's a really good question. Um, you know, I've been really blessed from a, uh, from a health perspective and, and also from a family perspective that we've not really had any really big challenges with the health of our family or with, with my health and my family. And they're really your big problems, right? If you can pretty much deal with anything else in business, but they're the big challenges. So I've been very blessed and knock on wood, we don't have any of those issues. I guess the, the two biggest adversities, the ones that tested me the most uh, and the ones that came immediately to mind when you were talking about this was, was one actually getting started in this business and actually taking that initial step because there was so much fear of me. I, I'd been working and living overseas, working with a mentor who would build a $100 million plus company in my industry, in our industry. And, um, and then I came back and I was starting and I was really, you know, it was the comeback and I was actually coming back from overseas to start my business. And she so had all of that doubt of, you know, will it work? Will anyone buy, et cetera? And I just remember being paralyzed of just not being able to get started. And eventually, we were with some support from, from my partner at the time, was able to work through that and we got started, right? Uh, but then obviously, as you grow, uh, things start to break. And in 2000, and it would have been 2015, end of 2015, we made a decision in our business to change tact. We decided to merge businesses with, a, with another uh, colleague that I was working with, an entrepreneur, a friend of mine, and we decided to go in a partnership. And, and everything on the surface of things seemed like a great opportunity. We were merging two businesses, reduced cost structure, everything was gonna work really well. And that business that we were running together, it just, it just became quite a toxic experience. It was a toxic relationship between friends and that's not what I wanted mm -hmm. here. Uh, and then you know the, the startup nature of growing a business is hugely challenging. So. About, uh, about eight or so months into that, made the decision to walk away from that. And, and that ended up costing me probably, I would say, close to about a million dollars, if not more, in, mm. in not only the loss of that company, but also the loss of income that we're getting from our previous business. And starting again from scratch, where the majority of your business had been built, that you then merged, shut down, and then lost everything. That was a really tough place to be. I mean, at that point, I didn't have anywhere to live. 
I was sleeping on, on couches or, or staying, going back to live with family. I'd also just gone through a major breakup in a relationship that I'd been in for 10 years. Uh, and so now I was, you know, everything has just sort of broken apart. And that was at, uh, you know, then in, in 2017 when that had all happened. And it was really just a defining moment because I've been going for such a long time with so much stability. You know, you've been in a long-term relationship. I know you can resonate with that. You've been in a long-term relationship, so you've got some stability there. The business is pretty stable. Things are growing, and, and then every aspect of your life is just carnage. You know, everything is just breaking and falling mm-hmm. apart. And, um, you know, that took uh, probably about a good 12 months to recover from and sort of rebuild from. And, um, you know, you learn so much in that process around not only who's really in your corner when it matters most, but if you can find a way to love those moments, and to enjoy those moments and to find joy in the day, well, yeah, the circumstance might be pretty shit, but if you can find little moments of joy in your day, uh, then that gives you the encouragement to keep going. So that's probably been the, the, the point where I was challenged the most uh, of going, is this, is this going to work? Are we going to be able to come back from this position being so far behind and, and understanding, you know, how do you even try to make, you know, sense of, of the overall picture? You're losing friendships and relationships at the same time. And it just, it was just a dark, dark place. Mm. And so how does one get through that? You know, like we were just speaking offline before about momentum in business and, you know, the smallest things can just cost you so much in terms of time and money uh, within yeah. not just business, but within life. Like, like how does one, you know, obviously you, you guys were going along, you're creating a good name for yourself. Like I remember, I remember the time, uh, like it was yesterday, you know, you did this merger, great, exciting, huge opportunity. We can kind of combine, combine our audiences and, and really move forward powerfully eight months in, toxic environment, shit going on home with, with the girl. Uh, you talk about 12, 12 months in, in the recovery. Like, like, how does one get through that? How does one look for those happy moments you talk about while it seems like your whole entire life is kind of crashing down around you? Yeah, well, look, you know the power of this more than anything. And, and I'll be honest, there was days when it wasn't working, right? There's days when I thought, but this is not going to work, right? And you all have those days. So there, hopefully there was more days where we were making progress. And I think the biggest thing is, I remember reading a book uh, from Donald Trump and um, you know, think of him what you will. Obviously, I've got some interesting thoughts about him, but he lost a billion dollars. He was a billion in the negative. And when he was asked about it, he says, I've got no time to worry about it. I only have time to be able to make deals because that's how I'm going to turn things around. And I think I realized when I made the decision to walk away from that business partnership and leave that behind, I realized that it was going to be shit fight. I realized that there was going to be some really bad times ahead financially for us. But I also realized that me getting stressed about them or worrying about them or, or being frustrated by them was not actually going to help us move forward. Mm. And so if you wake up every day with an awareness of, okay, look, there are some circumstances of my life that are not going to change in a, in a 21 day challenge, right? There are some mm. circumstances in our lives that are going to take months or even sometimes years of, of just work to go through them. So when you have that realization and you have a little bit of acceptance around that, you go, okay, well, what can I control today? And, um, you know, one of my favorite quotes is from Simon Sinek. And he says, don't be concerned by how quickly you're moving through life. Only be concerned by how fully you're showing up every single day. And, uh, you know, I was very fortunate. Um, you know, my, my fiance now, Ash, and I uh, were, were in that process of rebuilding. We were rebuilding it together and going to work knowing that I had her back and she had my back and we were a team. And at the end of the day, if it all didn't work, well, guess what? We just you know, shut everything down and, and we, we, we take a breath and then we start again. And that's in business, you're always starting again. We were having the conversation offline about your business yeah. is always broken. I feel like every month you're starting your business again because yeah. you know, even if you, you, you've got all these leads coming in, you're still going to make more leads and more sales and the, the wheels and the bus go round and around, right? So I think 
to break it down for the audience, one is to, to understand that some aspects of life are going to take time to change. So don't fight that, accept that, do what you can. Number two is really focus on what you can do. Focus all of your attention on what can I do today to move us forward? Not to solve the whole problem, but just to start to move the ball upfield. And, uh, and number three is to remember that a lot of people, when they're under pressure and stress and they're having those, you know, those, those comeback moments, um, you know, we tend to celebrate the athlete or the entrepreneur. We don't tend to celebrate the team that came back. Yeah. But it's a full team sport. You know, yeah, there might be a player that scores the winning goal and, and you know, takes you from behind to in front, right? And they, they get this, the headlines. But oftentimes in entrepreneurship, that person doesn't win. You know, it's, it's the person that can build a team around them and can rally the troops. And, and I've been very fortunate that I've, um, you know, we call our business a family. Uh, and, and in essence, it is, you know, uh, my partner and I work in the business together. My cousin works for the business. My brother-in-law works for the business. You know, Kim Barrett, also my brother-in-law. So, you know, here we have, an, it is a real family. And so when my back is against the wall, you know, sometimes we hold on to that from an ego perspective. If you ask for help, you'd be surprised at how many people are willing to, to sort of get you back. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, in hindsight too, like hindsight can be one of the greatest teachers, you know, looking back on the last three years now, like what do you, what do you feel was the greatest lesson through that for you? Because it seems to me like it's beautiful that, that obviously during that time you've met Ash, you guys have, have, have taken on board that journey together, which is just absolutely phenomenal. You know, looking back in the last three years, like what do you feel was the biggest lesson that for you or for you guys out of, out of everything that happened? I think the biggest lesson for me, um, and, and it really ultimately was the reason why I decided to leave my, my previous business partnership, was, was it came down to me around energy. You know, I'm the sort of guy, and, and, and I know you're exactly the same as well, that you design every aspect of your life from where you work to the people in your team to the clients you work with because in doing all of that, you get more back than you give. Uh, not because you're looking to take, just because of from an energetic exchange perspective. When you're surrounded by great people and everyone's on the same page and we've got a positive mindset, even if you're going through tough times, it's an incredible journey as opposed to, you know, where we're getting our ass kicked. Mm. And so for me, the biggest aspect is making sure Oprah has a sign on her door, be aware of the energy you bring into the room. For mm. me, so much more about this life. It's not even about the numbers from a business perspective. Uh, that's all nice stuff to have. It's actually about energetically, did I love today? And, uh, and I know that might sound a little bit airy-fairy, but I truly mean, like, I love, I worked on the weekend. I did Saturday and Sunday, but I love doing what I do. I love working. I love coming in in the process of growth. I'm addicted to that process, and I love working with this team that I have. And so, for me, the biggest lesson is just to make sure that whatever you're doing, it's going to require everything that you've got. There's going to be times when you are broken and defeated, and, and that doesn't even so much matter, providing that. You've got great people around you and that you all actually have a great, strong energy. If you've got an energy that's slightly off and you have people that are, uh, are negative or under pressure or stresses and they're taking that out, it, cre- it can very easily go from being a very harmonious, positive, driven environment to quite a negative one. And that's not a comment on anyone that's involved. It's just literally that's how the energy balance works. And so for me, the biggest lesson is to make sure that I've got a very strong personal energy that I'm very positive and I'm very focused and that yeah. I'm surrounded by those people and there's alignment is probably the biggest lesson across the board. Yeah. Because look, where, where our focus goes and our energy flows and our results show, I, I just yeah. uh, actually got off a phone uh, with a guy who uh, I was having a conversation with and just, he's really not enjoying the people he's working with, you know, the, the, the clients that he's working with. And I was like, just fire them. I was like, yeah. you know, if, if we have a client that we don't enjoy working with, we just let them go. And he just couldn't, yeah. 
he just couldn't understand and, and fathom that concept. He's like, oh, it's very easy for you. You know, you guys have been in business for a while. You've got plenty of clients. Blah, blah. And I was like, well, it's not. It's always been the same, the, the same attitude, right? You don't get to a position, in, maybe you do, but, but you know, you don't get to a position in business where it's like, okay, let's just change the foundation of my beliefs. Let's just change the way that I do things. It's like, it's that horse before the cart thing is that a lot of people I see in business are coming from a scarce mindset. Oh, well, I just need to get clients on for whatever they're willing to pay. I'll work with anybody. And then, and then when I'm successful or when I'm making money, I'll then be picky with who I work with. Like, fuck that. Like, what if you showed up, like you said, protecting your energy from day dot? Like, what if you showed up putting yeah. out the universe, like who you are and how you are and how you wish things to be? Like, life's going to show up very differently. Yeah. Like, yeah. What, what do you feel is the, the, the most challenging thing in growing a business? You know, like you've worked with business owners for a while, as, as, as we have, obviously, got yeah. your own business. Like, what do you feel is the biggest challenge people have growing a business? It's a really good question. I think the biggest challenge for a founder entrepreneur like we've been is, is being able to understand that you, whoever you are watching this, are the biggest issue in your business. Um, and when you, you know, we do an annual review and we look at all the things that are working and all the things that are not. And oftentimes all the things that are working have nothing to do with me and all the things that are, have, are broken have everything to do with me. Um, and Business, as much as you want to describe it as otherwise, is an emotional game. And if, if you can't find a way to master your emotions, which is really what you're talking about here on, on, on this podcast, right? The comeback game is really how do you shift your emotional state? Forget about the strategy because we all know strategies. You know, yeah, sure, if we have the wrong strategy, it's going to cost us. But if you have the best strategy in the world, but you're still holding on to the loss and the pain and you know, my story, I lost a million, whatever it is, right? If you're still holding on to that, you'll never execute the strategy. No one will want to work with you. Clients are not going to be attracted to that. You're stuck. Whereas if you can find a way to master the emotion, for me, that's the biggest thing because so many people don't have the self-belief in themselves, have massive self-debt. They have all this perfectionism stuff that comes up. It's like, shit, you know, so much of what you're going to do is not going to work. Your business is always broken, as we've already been talking about. Yeah. Uh, and I see this in regards to marketing. People are always like, oh, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not working. It's not meant to. Get it up. If it works, great, scale it. If it doesn't, move on and do something different. It's, it's being constantly willing to innovate, to pivot. Yeah. And then on the flip side of that, though, as well, is that some people are incredibly impatient. So they do that too much. And yeah. it's, it's understanding your unique personality type. Um, have you ever played the game Risk before, Barry? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you love it. I love it as well. Um, but I, I remember my first ever business mastermind I ran, I had some friends come and join me and we, we actually did one night, we did the game Risk. And it was just fascinating because I believe how you play that game or Monopoly is how you play business. Yeah. For me, I, I'm, I'm, quite, uh, I'm quite aggressive in the way that I play. I'm quite strategic. I try to make things work. Oftentimes, I'm not even looking at the board. I'm trying to work the other players in the room to be on teams and stuff like that, right? Uh, and that's how you play the game of business. Um, mm. But if you're overly cautious, that's how you're going to play business. And if you're overly aggressive, you know, you, everyone has yeah. their weakness. And unless you've got 50-plus people in your team, and even then, you know, until you're at 50-plus people in your team, your business is you, even yeah. if you've got 20 people or 10 it's a reflection of your energy. So realizing it's just working on your own stuff is probably the biggest challenge. Yeah, totally. And, and you know, if you want to be comfortable, don't, don't start your own business. Like don't be in your own business oh. because you know, something that I, that I've seen a lot is, is a significant shift that somebody has to go through in their psychology and their energy and the way they are to go from like startup to a hundred thousand and yeah. from that hundred thousand to 350, 350, 750, 750 over a mil and a, a, a mil to then 10 mil. 
And, yeah. you know, what's worked for you to get to a million dollars often is not the same thing that's going to work for you to get to $10 million. And so you need to yeah, be exactly. constantly reiterating your mindset, your decisions. And you raised a good point. Like, I'm the same. Like, whenever I jump into my business and touch something, I, I, I mess it up. Like, I break it. And it's like my team's like, just get out of here. But in the beginning, you know, like, I was my business. Like, everything that I did worked. In, yeah. in the, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, yeah, like yeah, I, yeah. I was the driver of that. But then it becomes a point where you start to realize, hang on, my business is plateauing. My business is plateauing because I'm plateauing. Like my thinking is plateauing. Something has to change. You know, I spoke to another woman this morning who has been running a cleaning business and it's just her. And she's been in that, the same position for two years. You know, she's working 80, 90 hours a week. She's never seeing a kid. She's burnt out. Things can't go on. Yet she wasn't willing to do anything different. She wasn't willing to invest any money to hire somebody or to work with someone to change things. And I'm like, but you're just going to be in the same position in six months or 12 months from now. You know, this yes. is what just, it just, it just frustrates the shit out of me is seeing these people that so badly need help, but they're making the same decisions, even though they know that those same decisions aren't getting them to where they want to go. So how do we make a new decision? Like, how do we transcend our mindset? Like, how do we transcend our thinking to take it? Like, how do we know that we even need to do that? Yeah, look, I think that, um, and this is something that we both agree on, we both offer, and in fact, we both are doing as well in our own lives, is that the best, in, in everything that I've done, having now worked with you know, a couple of hundred thousand people around the world, there are only a couple of things that I've seen are, are sort of commonalities. Number one is that proximity is power. If you're not hanging around with people that are making more money than you in business, running a better business, have a bigger team, but just living that life, then you're never going to see ahead of the curve, number one. Number two is that everyone needs to accountability because as a business owner you will always focus your focus will always go to whatever's screaming at you the loudest uh, and whatever the fire is that needs to be fought and particularly if it's to do with your brand or your ip or your clients you take it very personally you get emotionally attached and so you've got to find people that can hold you accountable to bigger stuff like i've got a mentoring call with my mentor after this and last night i was up until midnight putting together financial models because i hadn't got it done for two weeks and i knew the call was today i have to get it done right so yeah. if that didn't happen that would have been on the to-do list for another month and then the final piece is that the best have mentors because, you know, I, I exactly what you're just talking about, Barry, we were just in Hong Kong not long ago and uh, we got a client, uh, Kevin Carey, and they run a business in Rocco, actually not far from where we live, uh, Manager Rockingham, and they have a wheelie bin cleaning business, they clean bins. And so we were talking about uh, how to grow their business and he said, well, what I want to do is they've already got 900 clients, we want to add another 340 clients to the business that will take us to X amount uh, of revenue. And we looked at it and we said, actually, you don't need to add any more clients. You haven't put your prices up in, in five years uh, and you've only put them up once in 10 years. Why don't you increase your price point to this amount? Because that's actually more in line with market rates. And for him, that was major, major issues regarding that because, you know, he is his worth. He is that price point. And, and uh, you know, whilst he's delivering a great service, he was worried about it. Now, they put their prices up on the 1st of July. They went up from, they went up and nearly doubled, right? And, but it's still only a small amount of money, so it's not a huge issue. They were worried they were going to lose a heap of clients. They actually only had five emails back from people requesting uh, to freeze their prices. So they actually hadn't lost any clients. Their prices have gone up. They've more than doubled their business without having to do any more work. Mm. But I think the challenge is, and the, the reason I shared that metaphor with people on this call, is that you tend to find something as a business owner in the early days that works. You know, I don't know what your, you know, your piece was, Barry, that allowed you to tell it might have been an application call, for example, but for me, it was running an event. So I know that if you put me on stage in front of an audience, paid or free, I will make money because I've done 500 in five years, right? Mm. So I always know that that's my sort of go to safety place. 
And I know that that's the easiest way for me to make a result. Now, in order for I to take our business from a couple of million to 10 million plus, I can't keep doing those same type of events. They're going to be different. I've got to innovate that. However, in doing that, you're spending money on a strategy that you might not, not sure if it's going to work. So you tend to go back to whatever was the safe place that got you yes. started. And for Kev, it was, well, in the beginning when he found out he was redundant and he had to get started, he just door knocked to try and get new clients. So when in doubt, go back to doing what you know how to do well, which yes. is I'm just trying to get new clients. And, um, you know, you're so spot on. When I made the shift from about, I think it was from about 150 to a million, that transition happened after a conversation in Melbourne with a mentor who said to me, Calvin, what got you here won't get you there. Yeah. And if you keep doing what you're doing right now, you'll never make more than you're making. And after that conversation, and that's all it can be sometimes, the conversation with someone like Barry to help you shift your thinking, then you go, fuck, okay, now I get it now. And then you do different things and then your whole world starts to expand out. Yeah. A, a mentor of mine said to me that the experiences that we learn to survive become the experiences that our continued survival depends upon. And it goes right back like to that. the creature neurology is I'm that, write that down. yeah, write that down. The experiences over here, Calvin speaking on stage, you heard it here first guys. <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> <laughs> the experiences you learn to survive become the experiences that your continued survival depends upon. And so the way the creature brain works is that, you know, experiences that we survived growing up, let's just say they're experiences of poverty. Now, although we, 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 we you know, get to 20 years old, 30 years old, 40 years old, and we know that, you know, we don't want to be, be experiencing poverty anymore. You know, we know that it's far better to have money. If we haven't actually survived an experience of having wealth or having money, to the creature neurology, it's very, 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 very old software. This thing has two functionalities, yeah. you know, survival and reproduction. That's it, right, as you know. So it's like if we haven't survived an experience of being wealthy, that, that experience is, is, is potential death. So we'd rather stay unwealthy. Now, consciously, we know the same is not true, but we're not, we're not making decisions from a conscious right, left, liberal cortex side of things. And so understanding that, you know, the second part of that is that no one ever makes a bad decision, right? Like how often do you hear people go, oh, that was such a poor decision. And mm. it's like, no one ever makes, like we never make a decision and go, this is a poor decision, but I'm going to make it anyway. Like it just doesn't happen. Yeah. We yeah. only ever make the best decision that's available to us. So it's yeah. not about changing the decision it's about adding new options to the menu and yeah. this is where i think a lot of people in in the the pd space or the business coaching space kind of make a bit of a mistake because it's like just make a different decision all right mm -hmm. or or let's just rip that belief out but in actual fact we always make the best decisions that are available and so rather yeah. than, than than anything else we need to add new choices to the menu like if we went to a restaurant right now and we're absolutely starving and we need to eat or we're going to die and we got the menu from the waitress and we look at the menu and there's two choices and one's ranted cornmeal and the other one's overboard kale, right? Like, and we pick one of them. Is either one of them a bad choice? Like no, it's, it's, it's the not. what you can do, right? It's just an impoverished menu. And the thing is, is, is most people are walking around with an impoverished menu. And yeah. so what we wanted to do is add multiple choices to the menu. And with this client you just spoke about, you know, you've just added a different option to his menu. Now yeah. that option was like freaky because he's never tried the steak before. He's been munging out on this rancid cornmeal like his whole life. He's never tried like a, a, a yeah. steak and, and chips, right? But he has a bite and it's like, shit, I like that. That yeah. now is a choice that he has on his menu for future business growth. And so yeah. this is why I believe like 100% is so important to have coaches and mentors and that proximity. You talked about proximity is power yeah. because that's what allows us to, to indoctrinate new choices to our impoverished menus.
Yeah. And guys, the easiest way for you to identify that you have that impoverished menu in your own life is to go and speak to somebody else about their business challenges. Because what I find is everyone can help somebody else's business because you have no mindset regarding their business. Anything yeah. is possible. So you're coming up with all these creative ideas. This is why I love doing business coaching and strategy because in helping somebody else, I actually also help myself because when you're focused on service and adding value and supporting somebody else, all of your ego, your BS and all your bullshit gets out the way. And instead you just focus on that person. And so you can think infinitely, but in then doing that, you go actually, hold on, that's probably not a bad idea that I do in my own business as well. Um, and you make some, some really powerful points there about just expanding your horizons and understanding what's possible. You know, we rebranded our company uh, from what was originally young and wildly successful to now wild success. And the acronym is wellness, income and impact lifestyle and direction. Because it's not just about having money and then have no, having nothing else. As so many people do, they go, they make a heap of money in business, they lose everything, and then they burn out and they try to start again. You know, we believe in being able to live life on your own terms in all of those areas. Um, but you have to understand what is true north. And then having the ability to say, actually, this is what I want. And yes, I might not have it yet, but... I'm willing to work to find out how to figure it out. Because a lot of people say, I don't know what I want, which is really garbage because they actually do know or yes. either they've never allocated the time to figure it out, which is a fair call and you've got to do that. Or you do know, but you're afraid of saying, actually, I want something more because they actually don't know how to bridge the gap. And one of the things that I've been sharing a lot recently, which is so powerful, is that you are not expected to know. In fact, the only challenge you have in your life right now is because you're trying to figure it out yourself. You know, I'm sure that if you're dealing with a leadership challenge and you reached out to Barry and you said, hey, Barry, I'm dealing with this challenge, more than likely because you've got a team, Barry, you've solved that problem already. So why would I spend any of my time worrying about my leadership problems? Instead, yeah. I could pick up the phone, have a conversation with somebody that's already figured it out. And instead of waiting, or wasting even a day or two or three or five days, that's a five minute conversation to get the answer to move forward. Like that's the way that I approach my life now. If there's a challenge I'm having, it's because I'm trying to figure it out as opposed to asking somebody that's already figured it out. And that'll change your whole life. Yeah. I, look, great. Fantastic point. I, I was sharing with my two boys the other night. I often try to teach them business stuff. They're seven and eight years old, but they're so bloody receptive and they're just absolutely yeah. amazing. And I was sharing with them. I was like, you know, like smart people spend money to save time and poor people spend time to save money. Yet speaking yeah. that concept to someone who's been stuck in business as a one man band their last year, two years, yeah. five years, struggling to make ends meet. They, they can't fail on that concept. But that's, that's, no. the, that's the one aspect that's preventing them from growing. Because they're like, well, you know, yeah. I just have to do the books. I just have to do this. Like, well, hang on. If you're getting paid 50 no, bucks an hour, 100 bucks an hour to go and clean someone's guttering, yeah, you can hire a bookkeeper 20 bucks an hour. It's actually costing you $80 an hour, not like costing you yeah. 80 bucks an hour doing the book work. But it's just yeah. something that we don't think about because I think as human beings, we're simplist simplistically complex. And, you know, something I read the other day is that, you know, we are not the highest version. We're not living a life of the highest version, which we can imagine. We're living a life of the lowest version of ourselves that we can accept. And so we're actually not living our life in a way that's allowing us to be a higher version or seek for that higher version. We're just purely surviving in a way of what we're willing to accept. And so in order yeah. for us to take our life to the next level, it's not a matter of dreaming. I don't think it's a matter of dreaming more or creating more goals. We, we have that shit, right? But if it's not working, change your standards. Change yeah. what you're tolerating. Change the environment yeah. that you're in. Change the proximity. Go and spend money on a coach or, or buying a book or, or listening to an audio or, or getting around people that, like you said, you can ask questions. They don't have to be more successful than you to have ideas. Yeah. But the moment that you're around them, you're allowing yourself to be influenced in a way that is different to the day-to-day -day that you're living right now. 
hundred percent. Uh, and one of the things that'll really, I guess, help amplify that point is that a lot of people look at the decisions they're making based on the cost today, right? So that example of the bookkeeping. But if you're wanting to grow your business, let's say you're making a million dollars a year in your business, or you want to make a million dollars. To do that, it's around about, uh, on average, uh, you're looking at what's that, about four, four grand or so a week, 20 grand a month in order to be able to hit a million dollar business, right? So if you break that down, you're looking at a, a couple of hundred dollars uh, an hour to be able to hit your targets. And so if you're not currently doing, and I just use a rough rule of from a $500 an hour for most people. Yeah. So if you're not doing something today, this hour that's worth $500, then you're never going to make more than a million dollars. You're not even going to get even close to that because you're not productive for your whole working week anyway. So if you are going to aim for something bigger, you have to be willing to start to do activities that are generating that result. You know, it's, you, you can't expect to score so many goals if you're not even getting the ball into the forward 50. And so you have to be willing to make those changes. And often you won't. You'll stay within your realm of positivity. You'll push out your timelines. You'll consider things. You'll think about things. And it's just garbage and bullshit because really all it is, it's fear. It's fear yeah. that what happens if I had a crack at this and it doesn't work. And what we always talk about is this premise. We all have a fear that we're not enough. And, and for everyone that's watching, I want you to understand that you're not. You know, yeah. you're not yet enough. You know, I remember I was getting so frustrated when I was trying to scale uh, our business, trying to hit that first million dollars, which is so difficult for so many people, including ourselves. And my dad says, Cal, you're not yet good enough to run a million dollar business. And I thought he was smacking me in the face, right? And he says, when you are a man or a business owner, woman, you know, for my, my reference, when you are a man that's capable of running a million dollar business, son, then you'll actually have one. Yeah, yeah. But you're not yet a man yeah. capable of running a million dollar business. Therefore, you don't have one. He says, so don't focus on making a million bucks. Focus yeah. on becoming a business owner, a leader and a, and a man that's capable of having that. And then you'll surely have it. And if you focus your attention on becoming a person that's capable of growing a business, then you'll grow a business. You're not yet there. Otherwise, you would already be doing yeah. it. Yeah, the, 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 the goal should never be the variable. The variable should be the amount, the, the, the amount of time, energy and effort you're willing to invest to achieve the goal. And far too many people make the goal the variable and they set up poor standards for themselves that allow them to go, oh, well, I'll just move it out, I'll just move it out. But, but, but the thing is, is that lacks integrity. If we're someone that doesn't follow through on our word to others, how are we going to follow through on our word to ourselves? So the goal should never be the variable. The variable should be what we're willing to invest, time, energy, money, effort, in order to get there. So look, Karen, we're just about out of time, mate. It's been fantastic and the time's absolutely flown. What's one bit of advice you'd love to leave the, the listeners, the viewers out there today? Um, the biggest thing I'd like to leave everyone with uh, two things. One is that courage in business is not, you know, standing on top of the mountain or, or running into battle. Sometimes being courageous in business is going to sleep and staying, you know, bruised and battered and sore. I lost today, but I'm going to get up and try again tomorrow. And if that's your mindset, Les Brown says there's three types of people. There's winners, there's losers, and those who haven't discovered how to win. And I think that if you're watching this, you're either number one or you're number three because it's just continuing to get up and have another crack, have another crack, have another crack. And, and otherwise, you wouldn't do it because it's not worth it. Uh, and then the other thing I would leave everyone with, it, and that is that every aspect of your life is a choice. And if you're not loving an aspect of your life, then I, I demand that you change it because at the end of the day, you get what you tolerate, as we've talked about on this call. Um, and, and, and the principle that we use, and I know Barry used something very similar, and that is if it's not a fuck yes, it's a no. Now, this yeah. call for me today was a fuck yes. I was like, yeah, this is an awesome opportunity. I've been wanting to speak to Barry for a while and we've been meaning to catch up, so fuck yes. If it was a no or if it was a yes, not a fuck yes, I wouldn't have done it. 
and stop doing things that you think you have to do. Instead, only do the things that you know are going to light you on fire because the more you do that, that's what people want to hang around. That's what people want to work with. That's what people want to make money doing. That's what life's all about. Um, so to, to raise your standards, have more fuck yeses in your life and, and less just, you know, oh, yeah, cool. We'll see how we go. Yeah, there's a lot of fuck yeses in there. I love that. Calvin, how can people find you? Uh, you can check us out online. Reach me on social media at Calvin Coyles, uh, or you can uh, jump online to www.yws.global and you can check out our company page. Awesome, mate. Thanks so much for your time. Uh, for all you out there watching, listening to this, uh, feel free to like, share, uh, tag someone in who you think needs to hear the message. If it's not a fuck yeah. yes, it's a no. Thanks for your time, mate. Cheers, mate. Appreciate it. Thank you.